Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody! Welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I am your host, Tom Sutton. Now, uh, a lot of fun Star Wars stuff to talk about. Um, some um, interesting Star Wars um, developments and experiences uh, at my place. Uh, we will get to those in just a minute. Let's talk about the Bad Batch. Um, or the Bad Batch, as uh, Omega or Omega might say. That just on that. Are you serious? Could they not decide on a pronunciation for her name? <laughs> like I understand the actress is from New Zealand. She has a New Zealand accent. But and I know they like to say, well, you know, there's Han, Han, and Leah, Leia, and whatever. And I'm just, but I'm just like. Yeah, but it's a brand new character. Just decide how their name is said, please. All right. We are up to episode four of The Bad Batch, and I'm still loving it. Um, uh, this was another, like, um, you know, episode that was not packed with uh, big plot points, but there was enough there, enough meat on the bone, I would say. Um it uh, it didn't feature anything with the Empire or the the Kaminoans, which was a little bit like I, I missed that. Like for example, like the episode before, um, the story, the, you know, the plot with the Bad Batch themselves was a bit light, um, but uh, the the stuff with um, Tarkin and What's his name? Vice Admiral Rampart or all that stuff really um, made it really worth watching, even though the, the Bad Batch part was the, the stuff with the gang was also fun. Um, so this one, this episode didn't have that, but um, had some just nice stuff with the with the, the dudes and Omega and um, the, you know, the big moment, of course, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it was the um, arrival of Fennec Shand. Of course, we knew uh, she was going to be showing up um, sometime, you know, we've known that for a while. Uh, and she was great. I remember when her animated model was released, a lot of us reacted like, mm -mm. I mean, it looks cool, but there's something in the face that looks pretty weird. Um Something about the shape of the face or the lips or something was a bit off. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, just wait. I'm sure once it's in motion, you won't even care or notice. And I'm pretty sure I was right on that one. Um, I thought she looked awesome in this episode. Um, fun uh, character at the beginning and end, the... the uh, the corrupt Agnot guy. That was really fun. Um, yeah, I liked him. Very uh, episode two Coruscant chase uh, sequence there. Um, but that was cool. Yeah. I think there's, they're, they're sewing a little bit of, um, you know, the, the, where uh, you, you don't know exactly who she's working for. And then Hunter says, like, we got to find out, you know, who she's working for. I wouldn't. I mean, I would have to assume 
it would be the Kaminoans, although one of them did let them escape. So I'm not sure how that all fits together. But um, yeah, again, it's just so nice to wake up. So my days off are, you know, like Friday, Saturday. And it's so fun to just like wake up on Friday and be like, time for some Star Wars cartoons in my, in my pajamas. This is great. Um, because of the way my apartment is set up, I have to have, well, I don't have to obviously, but the best, the best way I've found to set the room up is to have the TV facing directly towards my bedroom windows, which means even with the blinds closed, you get a lot of um, glare in the screen. Um, so I have some older curtains and I, I throw them up and I put some, you know, try to block the light as much as I can because I'm pretty nerdy about that stuff and they're pretty particular about that stuff i and on on this episode i was like super tired when i woke up and i was just like nah not today i'm not climbing up on my armchair to put these bloody curtains over the Ugh. no um i'm not doing it um but within like about two minutes of the episode I'm like nah, i just it's ruining the cinematics of it. And I see like people on YouTube and stuff doing like reactions to not just to this, but to the Mandalorian and stuff. And they're doing it in a like in like a brightly lit room. And I just feel like you're not getting that 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 cinematic atmosphere. I think you're like ruining the experience for yourselves. They probably don't feel that way, but uh, yeah. So anyway, it was a good episode. And uh, now, of course, this is uh, another one of Dave Filoni's projects. And uh, yeah, the news came out recently that he has been promoted to chief executive creative officer of Lucasfilm or something. Um, it's not a unique position. Um, Doug Chang and John Knoll also have that position in the company. Um and yeah, a lot of people got went like, I'm again, you know, like, uh, especially the Dave Filoni, not Jobs. Um, but it turns out that he, he actually uh, took that position about six months ago, and it's only now that it's going public. Um, but it is cool to see. Like, I've said it before, like, I think Dave's the man. Like, he's just a good dude. And, um, like, he's a good dude. He's a an extremely hardcore Star Wars fan and he knows as much as any of us um, and loves it as much as any of us. Um, he made the Clone Wars arm in arm with George Lucas for years. So he really is um, the kind of uh, the heir to the throne in a way. Um, but having said that, I mean... The Clone Wars, I like it, but it's not my, like my favorite. And there, there's a lot of stuff in that than Rebels where I'm just like, ugh, this is not the Star Wars flavor that I like. But overall, you got to say he's done a great job. And um, yeah, I think The Mandalorian's been great. And now this, I mean, to me, this is the strongest start to an animated series we've had so far. So he's doing a great job. Glad to see that, um, yeah. Like, it makes me think that he's, re you know, he's, he's no longer going to be, like, a creative that they pick to put on uh, projects or oversee projects, but he's going to be 
part of the team that even like is part of the conversation to decide what projects even go ahead or what should come next, you know. And um, I mean, I think I feel like if I had been making styles for how long has it been? 13 years, 14 years or something, he's been doing this, I might have run out of <laughs> might have run out of ideas or something by now. But nope. I don't think he has. I think he's still roaring. Still rocking and roaring. All right. So good on you, Dave. Um uh, also a little bit Dave related Variety are reporting that um, the series Rangers of the New Republic is no longer in active development now that was of course the show that uh, everyone assumed Cara Dune was going to be the main character of when Gina Carano was let go by Lucasfilm I um obviously there were questions about that. There were rumors that Harrison Dula might be um, swapped, you know, she might be swapped out and Hera might jump in. Um, you know, they both, both got history with the rebellion and stuff, so it might have worked. It might have worked. Um Hero is a parent, which like complicates things, I think, a lot. Um, but I'm, on the one hand, I'm like, I feel a bit like, well, we barely knew anything about it. Who really cares if they don't make it now, you know? Um, uh, also, I, I kind of feel like Filoni and Favreau, they got a lot going on and maybe one... Um, one pl one less plate to spin might actually be beneficial. But when I think about, um, you know, that uh, Carson, whatever, the, the X-Wing pilot that you met in the, in the Mandalorian, a lot of people assume that, I mean, that we're going on a lot of assumptions and whatever, but a lot of people assume that he was going to be one of the main characters. And um, he was an instant hit for me. I loved his character, I love his quiet kind of like, yeah, he just comes across as, you know, like he's seen some stuff, but really like kind of gentle and likable at the same time. Great, uh, great, great character, great performance by that actor. And um, I also, you know, I heard um, on another podcast, I don't remember where right now, but they were talking about the fact that... Um, that was very likely. Nah, okay, okay, I don't want to say likely. One of the one of the things people guessed about that was it could have been, you know, Alliance or New Republic Rangers. Of course, <laughs> Rangers of the New Yeah, New Republic Rangers. Um, kind of investigating evidence of the existence of the First Order. And as a huge fan of the sequel era, the sequel era, um, to see that connective tissue between those two eras would have been right up my alley. And I think it's such a cool idea. And all those Sith cultists and stuff. Like, why? Why didn't they? Um, yeah. So who knows? Maybe they'll pivot and just like. 
yep, it's not going to be that exactly with her and whatever, but we have to now rewrite stuff and rethink it. And maybe that will still cover those things. I would like that for sure. All right. Time for some stories. Now, my my Star Wars spending spree has uh, has been a bit out of control. I'm not going to lie. I do think I need to put a moratorium on any more Star Wars purchases starting now. It'll be sad. But I think that I can comfort myself with uh, this thing. Mm-hmm. right folks the lightsaber has arrived Whew, man it's a bit of a well, I had a bit of a panicky situation let me tell you like, like okay there's a lot of companies out there making lightsabers there are a number of them that have um, revealed themselves to be a bit unreliable or even underhanded. And uh, I bought this lightsaber from a um, like a very new company. So it felt a little bit risky. Why did I buy from them? Cheaper than everywhere else. Yeah, they had really good prices. Free, free worldwide shipping. It's a company called Owner Saber. Um, I really like... For, for this type of lightsaber, I think I was... Yeah, it was really significantly, not ridiculous, but a good chunk less than I was seeing at this kind of lightsaber anywhere else. Um, I got the one that is, um, it's basically like Luke's Ep6 lightsaber, but it doesn't have that control box on it, which in a way you go like, oh, um, it doesn't look exactly like Luke's lightsaber. However... I have not tried one like that, but I can imagine while you're using it, that box might actually get in the way pretty pretty much. Anyway, um, yeah, it finally arrived. Now, I there was a bit of muck and a messy business. I was supposed to get a tracking number. I didn't get that tracking number. I asked them about it. They said they would check into it. I didn't hear back for a few days and stuff. And then finally, I got the, I got the message like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, here is the tracking number. Actually, it should be there in a few days. I'm like, all right, sweet. And I checked it up and I was like, yep, it's already at the, it's already in the, in Gothenburg, actually. So I sh- they're right. I should be getting it in a few days. Next day, I get an email from them saying, um, hello, you need to, uh, you really need to take action about like regarding this in pretty much immediately. But we've be, we've just got an email from FedEx saying that uh, they've tried to deliver the packet numerous times and you've like they haven't been able to so if you don't contact them by tomorrow um they're going to either send it back or destroy the package <laughs> and it was i was like Ooh, what, 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 what? and i was like teaching and i was like in the middle of a teaching day it was 5 30 p.m and i was like oh man like the business day is almost over so 
like, I got to call them now. And I was like, oh, so I, I did get through and they were like, we worked it out. Bit of stress to get my hands on it. Anyway, um, I'm sure that for the, like the more, you know, expensive companies, there's probably a bit of a difference in quality or whatever, but I am having a good time with this thing. I swear. Um, it is, um, you know, there are a lot of different types of lightsabers. This one has uh, the two elements that you kind of look for if you want some the most kind of advanced type, which is a NeoPixel blade, meaning that the blade can um, do any color and a whole range of different effects. And also the soundboard is what's called a profi board, which means that uh, you... It does different sounds, which are called sound fonts. So, um, yeah, each different color. Um, and it's not just color, but there's like each one is not each one, but a lot of them are modeled after specific people's lightsabers from the films. And then, of course, the sound matches. And it's not just the sound of the hum, it's the clashes. It does blaster deflections. It does the lockup. This thing here, yeah. So, you know, when, when people are fighting and then they're like... You get that effect. Uh, so, yeah, and also it can play music. <laughs> Listen to this. So, you get your own little soundtrack. How's that? Listen to this. Ah, oh, I'm in Star Wars. Ah, oh, wait a minute. Oh. All right. So, I have to say it's been bloody... It's been a lot of fun. Now, I, um, I ordered this lightsaber just to have one. But after I ordered it, my mind started, to, it kind of kicked into gear. And I thought, well, I can't just have a lightsaber. Is that so fun? Well, you just like stand, sit at home and just light it and look at it and go, yeah, look at that lightsaber. It's pretty fun, actually, to do that. But there, there can be more. And I started to think about how, you know what I really like to do? So I live next to uh, Gothenburg's answer to Central Park, which is called Slotskogen. And um, what I really want to do is I want to go out in the park, which is half park, half forest, basically. I want to go out there. I want to go out there in costume with my lightsaber. And I want to play Star Wars. Yes, it's nerdy. But it's like when I was thinking about it, like it's, it wasn't even just a kind of like, oh, that might be fun. But I felt as soon, once I started to like, ha once I had that idea and started thinking about how, you know, how to do it, I got it's energized and I felt like I don't just want to do this. I need to do this. So I've been on the old auction site buying stuff for this outfit. Um, so maybe next episode, I'm going to go into detail on that. But um, I, uh, I, 
or two nights ago, I did actually go out into Slotskogen in costume. And as I said, I will get into detail on this next time, but just for your, uh, just for the, just so the theater of the mind works here. Um, I basically, the outfit was pretty close to like um, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight kind of look, episode six or the Mandalorian look, cloak and everything. So I went out there. It was deserted. It was a weekday night, you know, so I think I, I think I've walked past like one guy on my way into into the park. And um, I walked a bit deeper in, found uh, somewhere where I felt like I was not going to be seen. And I lit it up and started having a extreme, an extremely good time. Seriously, I loved it. It was so fun. It was great to just let that kind of like, you know, that feeling like, oh, I love Star Wars. I want to live in that galaxy. So fun to actually do it in a way. And um, especially, you know, when you, you pick the soundtrack and you like you're in there amongst the trees and what, striding across the rocks. And I'm finding like, you know, I, I did do martial arts a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So I'm not completely unfamiliar with that those kind of movements, I guess. I've never, like, and I did kendo um, for not a long time, I have to say, but um, it's not the first time I've waved a sword around. Um, but I loved it. And it was partly the, the like, the Star Wars, um, that kind of living the Star Wars imaginary world kind of thing or whatever. Um, it was partly that. But it was also this kind of feeling of like, um, you know, like, I guess the type of martial arts where you do like forms, um, not so much like kickboxing and stuff where it really is about fighting, but more about the kind of the, the martial art of it or dancing, for example. It, and I just felt like it was such a pleasure to like kind of move and try to make your moves kind of um, graceful or stylish. I just, I, I, I really enjoyed it there. And, you know, just looking up at the moon with, I mean, you light it up with the red, with the, like a Darth Maul blade or, and saber font or something. Got Duel of the Fates going. It was awesome. Really fun. Now, um, in Slotskogen, there is actually like a, a whole bunch of animals living in there. Like they are in, it's not like a zoo. They, they are in very large kind of enclosed areas so they can roam around and stuff. But there are animals there as well as some wild deer. And I saw a badger in there once. Um, and... Uh, very wisely, I guess the city, you know, um, I think there are security cameras in some places and also like uh, there are, there can be people, I think security guards who do the rounds sometimes just to make sure there's no funny business going on in there. I've seen them before on my nighttime walks. Anyway, look, I've, 
I understand that like what I'm doing is really dorky and I'm I am self-conscious about it. I'm proud and excited, but I'm self-conscious about it too. So I don't really want to like I don't really want people seeing me when I'm out there doing it. Maybe I'll get to the point where I'm totally comfortable with it, comfortable with it and then it'll be fine. But um but I the blade like uh, the blade sometimes can get a bit loose so you have to tighten up the attachments but I didn't bring the allen key with me cuz I it was my first outing and I didn't realize that it can it can get a bit loose reasonably quickly. So the blade had gotten a bit loose so I was like all right I can't really do much more um swinging it swinging it around right now so I'm just going to going to continue walking around the park until I get home and it's call it a night you know next time i'll have the allen key with me to make sure that everything's nice and tight the whole session anyway i saw a securitas which is the security company i saw the car and i saw the headlights kind of approaching and they were driving kind of quickly (laughs) and i was like oh no and I was so there, you know, some of the paths through there are like just like it's just like a bit of trodden dirt bit or something, you know, but some of it is like wide enough and like paved so you can drive cars on around there. They drove up behind me rather quickly. And now I've got like I've got like a full length black cloak on. I've got these you know high black boots i've got the the black you know karate gi that i have transformed into part of this outfit which by the way actually looked worked very well and i've got a freaking lightsaber and i was like oh god this is going to be super embarrassing so i like i turned around and like and I actually held up my hand just to wave and say, and I, I think I pulled the hood back just so they could see see me. And I turned around and held up my hand just to say, you know, waved and said, just to say, hi, I'm not dangerous. I'm not doing anything bad. I'm just a giant nerd. And they actually just backed the car up and left. They didn't get out or anything. What a relief. Although I actually kind of now regret not going and say saying hi because it would have been nice to just go like, hey, I live just over here. Um, I do want to keep doing this because I love it's really fun. Can you guys not maybe chase me every time? I know it's not going to be the same guys on duty every time, but maybe if they, you know, my word might get around in the security uh, company. Like if you... If there's reports of someone swinging a lightsaber around. Don't panic. It's just this furry Australian guy. But looking back, I did hold up my hand and then they did leave. And I realized I had done a Jedi mind trick on them. You heard it here first, folks. Clearly the force is real. And my hand, well, it wasn't waving. It wasn't just waving, I should say. I was doing a Jedi mind trick. Whew. But it did make me feel really self-conscious. 
So anyway, um, but I got to say, like, it, it's nice when you're spending money you shouldn't really spend on something like a freaking lightsaber, and then when you finally get it, you it's actually even more fun than you thought it was going to be. That's good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in for a treat. Uh, the other day, I was at a bit at a get-together, and I was talking to my friend Martin about Star Wars, and it dawned on me, why don't why have I not had Martin on the show to talk Star Wars yet? So, um, yeah, Martin is uh, he's a musician. He was in a band with uh, Stefan, who was my like in the the Order of Israel with me. That's how I I met him, and he's a amazing guy. Um, and um, yeah, so I thought him and I need to need to get into it. So I invited him over. And this is what happened. Hey, Martin. <laughs> hey, Tom. <laughs> Doing that weird thing where you've been hanging out for an hour and a half and then you have to pretend to say hello again. No, we're not going to do that. All right. So my friend Martin is here to talk Star Wars, which is really nice. I think like it occurred to me recently that we had a bit of a get together and we were just talking Star Wars. And I was like, it's been a while since I had someone else. Hmm? This yeah, I'm gonna ask Martin, and thankfully he jumped in. So um, let's do it. Let's start from the beginning. Do Do you remember how you got into Star Wars? Um, not exactly, hmm. but I I I think I got into it uh, rather late in life. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I was born in '78, hmm. so. A new hope has always been there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but right. um, um, so I I don't have that excuse. Mm. But I think I was like fifteen mm. or something, and it, it was a friend of mine who was. Well, he's he's the second largest Star Wars nerd I know. Oh, <laughs> nice. And for a long time before I met you, mm. the biggest Got Star it. Wars nerd. Yep. Uh, and. Well, we hung out and I don't know. I I was influenced by his <laughs> enthusiasm. Um, nice. And and I think what really did it for me was I um, he borrowed me some books mm. with um, the art of Star Wars. Oh. So there were a lot of uh, Ralph McQuarrie uh, yeah. paintings and, and mm. his uh, concept art and Great. sketches. And and that that did it for me. And and mm. and since then I I think the the aesthetics of it is a is a big part f for for me. So um you're an artist yourself. Uh dabbling. <laughs> yeah, uh what um what is it about those Ralph McQuarrie concept paintings that are, are so effective or so special, do you think? Well, it's, I think it is, um, there's something so tangible mm. about it. Yep. It's, um, I think a lot of science fiction um, looks cool. Mm. But it it doesn't it doesn't feel like well this is a world I could be in. Mm. But but everything even if it's completely otherworldly. Yep. 
it's still like yeah i believe this mm. i totally i mean that's one of the key things for like star wars on a visual level or design level yeah is how relatable it is or how uh yeah real it feels yeah mm. like this speeder could be parked in my dad's backyard right yeah 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 I think his um, his background also his his background in um, technical drawing because he would do like mm. um, stuff for I think he worked for Boeing or something. Oh really? Doing illustra yeah illustrations of planes and whatnot. Okay. And um, it to me it gave his uh, his work on I mean every aspect of what he did was amazing you know the, from the landscapes to the characters to whatever but the you know his work on the ships. You know, drawing, um, drawing X-wings and Tie Fighters and and whatever. I think his background in that direction just gave them a real like a greasy reality in a way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So he lent you this this book, and that got you a bit more into it. Yeah. And well, I think also. It was at a point in life where I needed something to mm. um, to put some energy into, <laughs> nice, um, and some sense of belonging, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and well, I I also have like um, I don't know if you really can can talk about. Mm. A personality as being nerdy but yeah, yeah. but if you could I, I would say i i have some you have some tendencies in that direction yeah i, I do <laughs> <laughs> um yeah even if i i've always been like a little nerdy about yeah. a lot of things sure um like compared to the real nerds mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that know everything about one or two things mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i've i've spread it out a little more evenly but mm. still i have the tendencies got it got it uh, and then of course a world like this mm -hmm. is very uh, appealing yeah for sure so i guess like me you maybe don't have any specific memories of seeing those original films for the first time it was just the kind of thing that you saw them when you were younger and yeah um yeah i don't have like the moment yeah right right i, I get a bit jealous sometimes of when i hear other people talk yeah. about having the moment yeah and i'm like i was four i don't i don't remember the moment yeah my my boss mm. um where i work now um she's uh, a woman in her late 50s yeah uh -huh. And she has the moment, oh. but she doesn't like Star Wars. No, but, but she... she she saw it like uh, in the movies and mm -hmm. and was overwhelmed by the the, the flyover uh, in the beginning. Ah, uh, <laughs> and was... so I I get that. I'm mm. like, couldn't I have had that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like yeah, exactly what you said. It seems like. Almost everybody's moment is that moment, actually. The, yeah. the Star Destroyer flying over. Um, I know some people have this thing where they kind of, you know, they watched the, the films as an, you know, as a kid or whatever, but then they didn't see them until they were like 
you know, a bit older or a teenager or whatever, and then they saw them again and had a kind of secondary moment or whatever. But mm. um, all right, nice. So, um, what did did you go to see them in the cinema in like nineteen ninety seven when the special editions came out? Yep. Mm, how was that? Well, that was nice because mm. up till then, well, you had watched them on. Like old VHS tapes yeah. and yeah. Um, and also I think at that time it was well it was of course lovely to see them on mm. the big screen yep. but also um, the the additions the CGI stuff yeah that was like new and exciting mm. so i i remember i i really appreciated uh, right. the, the changes i don't know uh, i mean it's it's unnecessary and and not all of it all, always very well done right um, but at that time <laughs> yeah i thought it was uh, oh it's fun i think a lot of us had the exact same experience mm. you know um I think that it like it's a combination of it's something new in Star Wars, which like I, I don't know about like I, I hear some people talk about how I think if they were more plugged into the fan community and they bought those like um, those magazines like Starlog and stuff that there was always talk of more films at some point. Mm. But to me, that was not a possibility at all. Like it. I just thought, no, that that's it. Mm. Star Wars is that's we got the three films. Yep, <laughs> that's it. So um, anything new that was in Star Wars and on screen was exciting. Yeah, and it still is because yeah. <laughs> I think of that experience where yeah. even a, a CG addition to films you've seen eight hundred times, mm. even that was exciting actually at the time. Yeah, and also when you take into account that CG was as a uh, you know as a new tool in films exciting yeah people would come out this out of the cinemas talking about like ah oh, the special effects blah 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 so i think now it's a bit more of just a, a an expectation like they should get it right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so if you come out talking about the special effects it's cuz they <laughs> did something wrong <laughs> usually you know but at that time yeah. it was a new uh, new t tool in the toolbox and it was uh, pretty exciting and <gasps> Um, I, I don't remember having a, like an immediate negative reaction to almost anything, I think, uh, no. of the editions at the time. Um, and I think as time has gone on and 90 CGI looks more and more like 90 CGI to our mm. eyes, you know, and of course now I'm at the point where I like always watch, um, fan edits that, uh, have those additions removed so um yeah but it was exciting wasn't it it was mm. and a funny thing i mean i've said this before on the podcast but i like we didn't have a v a video player till i was about 15 or something and i don't remember ever owning them on video no, no i don't know either. why i know that like i know those movies backwards obviously now because i've had access to them for so long but at, even as a teenager i knew every line from the films yeah. but i don't know why and I asked my mom, how come I, like, I saw them, or two of them, I only saw two of them in the cinema, 
as they were coming out. And then we didn't have them at home. Wait, how do I, how come I became this into it? You know, and mm. uh, I think she, she said it must have been friends of yours or something. Mm. They had it or something. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's funny. Like, I can't really track it down. Like, people talk about, yeah, my dad taped it off TV and I played that videotape till it broke, you know. Um, but we never had that. I didn't have it at home until sometime in, when it came out on DVD, I think. Yeah. All right. So, um, what was your immediate uh, reaction? Or do you remember your immediate reaction when uh, the big news came out? Like, episodes one, two, three, we're making them. Yeah, I got excited. Mm. Um, I was really looking forward to it. Mm. Um, I went to the premiere as Darth Maul. No way. Yeah, I got in the paper. <laughs> Dude, how have you never mentioned this before? <laughs> what? Okay, well, okay, well, you have to send me photos. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Dude, I've been thinking, you know, because obviously, like, when I, if I have someone on, I will often use a picture of them, you know, to put on the, you know, on the Instagram or whatever. So I think now we have our answer as to what picture we're going to use. But, um, <laughs> okay, that's great. Wow. I bet that took a while. Yeah. It, it... Did you have help with the, with the, 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 the paint or did you do it all yourself? No, uh, I had two friends help me. How does that work? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm assuming you can't just do a layer of black and then paint over it because then it's just going to mush together, right? You really yeah. have to... Yeah. Each um, section has to be painted. Without. Exactly. Must There must be a lot of accuracy involved with that. Yeah. And, well, it wasn't a professional paint job. I'm not suggesting <laughs> it was a uh, yeah screen-accurate uh, <laughs> representation, but even... Even a, you know, a homemade Darth Maul takes a bit of time and effort. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember I, I was working uh, at a school at mm. the time. So I had to take the day off uh, uh -huh. the day after. Okay. It was one of those 12 o'clock uh, screenings. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I returned... <laughs> the the following week mm. the children i was um, i was an uh, assistant mm. uh, assistant um, in a i think a class of 7 or 8 year olds okay and and those kids were <laughs> they were all like are you that guy from star wars Yep, that's me. <laughs> From now on, you listen to what I say. So they had seen you in the paper? No, I I had just... Oh, did you say you were in the paper or on TV? No, I was uh, in, in the paper. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I I think it was... I had told, like, uh, one of the teachers that I was doing this. Mm. And they must have said something about that okay. to the kids. Yep, and yep, in yep, their yep. heads... Yep. That became He's Darth Maul. Got it, got it. Wow. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. Wow. 
All right. So, um, obviously, you know, as I mentioned, we chatted a bit of Star Wars last time, and you um, mentioned that you had rewatched the prequels recently and that you felt that maybe you would not feel the need to do that again. Yep. Ever. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about your initial reactions to the to the films and uh, how your feelings have changed over time, or if they have changed at all. Yeah, they have because when when they came, mm. uh, it was new and exciting. Mm. It was something Star Wars, yeah, that we haven't seen before. Mm. Um, but I remember that I wasn't all for it. Mm. Um, I remember even then thinking that some of this feels like a video game. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't feel mm. right. Yeah. And and that that has just amplified over mm, the years right. that this doesn't feel right mm -hmm. um and i think that has to do with what we started speaking about mm. the the feeling of authenticity yeah um, in in those three films that's not there are no environments where i could be <laughs> there, there, there are no vehicles that could be parked in my dad's backyard um it well, it's not, it's not the same. It's not no. right. And like, but there's so much you can talk about when it comes to like what the prequels did well or not well. But that one aspect of things is one of the things that I feel a bit confused about. Like, I understand it's hard to write a script or it's hard to f get actors to perform well. These are all tricky things, but I feel like one of the things that is talked about again and again with, regarding the original trilogy is the used universe look. What a genius idea that was. Mm. Um, and how effective it is. Yeah. And then to then go, all right, we're going back to Star Wars. That aspect, that, that one thing that you can do to make it look like Star Wars, are you going to do that again? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, like, what? Now, I know there's in-universe um, explanations like, well, you're depicting the galaxy when, you know, before the Empire had, like, you know, taken over and ruined everything. And what you see is, um, a you know, in the original trilogy is a, is a galaxy under the boot of the Empire. And that's why everything is run down and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that doesn't change the fact that it's a thousand percent less cool. Yep. And uh, I've, I, one of my... English, uh, one of my students, um, he, he's also into nerd stuff uh, in general, but also very into Star Wars. But we we, we came up with the, the saying, the rule of cool. If it's cool, you do it, <laughs> you <Yep>. know, <laughs> or like uh, if you're if something's bending uh, logic or something a little bit, hey, if it's cool, let it go like cool is cool you know yep. and I just think like even if you try to explain things in that way it doesn't change the fact that suddenly all that richness I think there's a, a, a degree of history and storytelling in an object if it is yeah, weathered of course 
Yeah. And so to take all that away, it's um, and obviously there are items in in those films that are weathered and whatever, but uh, when it's like yeah, it's it's in a different way. Mm. I would say. Yeah. And and also like the the entire storytelling and and mm. the the overall atmosphere. I mean, the original original trilogy uh, is even though it's dark sometimes mm. it's it's almost always lighthearted and and yeah. uh, and a lot of fun and uh, and a lot of fun mm. and it's like in in the prequels that's mm. they have just it's like it's in all the wrong places <laughs> okay i i mean like mm. like the battle droids yeah probably. it's like well, and George Jar Binks, but yeah. I mean, the battle droids are so—they didn't need to be that clumsy and right. flimsy. Yes, uh, it's well, like I said before, it's not right. <laughs> I would argue that if if they had been like seventy percent less "quote unquote" funny. Yeah, they would have been two hundred percent more funny. Yeah, because if you have them as like like uh, quite like this kind of threat, they look threatening, and they are dangerous. But then you have a bit of a like where you see a, a crack in the armor or something. That's mm. where the comedy is. Exactly. You know, like when you see Thor in in the Marvel movies, he's like this. Yep. He's a god. So when he's like swinging upside down and <laughs> and he's just like. He says, hang on, let me just wait a minute while I swing enough around. So, okay, now I can see you again. That's where the comedy is. Yeah. If he was just silly all the time, you'd be like, uh, okay, you know, silly guy. But I think like... No, but here they, mm. it's like they went full on slipping on a banana peel yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah, to me, that really misses the mark big time. Mm. So I, I sometimes have thought like... Am I just against the idea of like droid armies or something? Maybe that doesn't feel very Star Wars to me or something. But no, I think if it's if it's done with, I mean, we'll get to the new films in a minute. But um, so many of the droid designs in those new films are so Star Wars looking, you know. And I just yeah. feel like, oh, if you had a bunch of those marching around, yeah. I would have been into it totally, yeah. you know. So. Hmm, okay. Um is there is there anything about the prequels you can say like, well, I really like that aspect of it at least. Nope. <laughs> no, uh, well that's a tough one because uh. I I I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about the prequels. Yeah, right. Um Does it surprise you that those films have, like, the the kids that grew up with those films, especially, are so like pa they're passionately into those films. They love them. Yeah, that's that's weird. <laughs> it is to me. It is also weird. Mm. Um, but of course, um, the the first love explanation yes. Um, yes. Mm. makes sense in a way. Mm. Yeah. But 
but still when you have all, all this other stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yes. actually good <laughs> yes exactly i mean was harry potter after those films or around the same time do you remember when was the first harry potter movie i don't know but no it feels like it must have been harry potter was a slightly bit later. later yeah okay because i was just thinking like if i was like if i was seven years old in 2001 or something i think the harry potter universe would have been the one that caught me probably yep. um but hmm yeah no i i'm always trying to yeah like at least uh, allow there to be or you know uh, appreciate some of the good things about those films but um it's uh yeah <laughs> i try yeah it's bizarre <laughs> that i still now you know uh between 15 and 20 years later depending on the film i still like feel really like how did this happen <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah all right nice so uh what was uh what was your reaction then do you remember the news dropping in 2012 that uh george lucas had sold lucasfilm to disney do you remember that news coming out or i can't really say mm. that i i do mm. i'm not I don't really keep up to date yep. uh, with with that behind the scenes sure, kind sure, of stuff. Sure. But you must. Uh, so let's talk about your experience uh, with The Force Awakens then. Oh, I love The Force Awakens. Woohoo! It's. And I mean, it's. <laughs> I think if I had to pick a favorite, mm. I think I would pick The Force Awakens. But that's, well, I think that's a bit weird because the reason mm. that I love The Force Awakens <laughs> is, yep. is because, I mean, it's, mm. it's just pure crowd pleasing. Yeah. Uh, like, well, when the big uh, star destroyer wrecks uh, in, mm. in the desert, and yeah. and when Ray is having a snack by that fallen uh, Walker, yeah. um, and then comes uh, uh, the uh, Millennium Falcon, uh, and and everything is like, oh, yes. oh, I mean, it's mm -hmm. such a warm feeling inside. Yeah. Um, up up till snoke comes in mm -hmm. i would say mm. uh, then it's but it's it's kind of cheap because it's all these references mm -hmm. to yep. uh, to the original trilogy mm. but i fall for it yeah i love it yeah me too every time like every time i watch it i go like i can't believe how much i love this like it's seriously just like it's like injecting sugar directly into my bloodstream yeah. and it's like, <laughs> like i just i love it um and i think that in some ways 
I have I can thank the prequels for yes feeling so just like oh like it's it, it really made me kind of sad that now an an entire fifty percent of my favorite thing was yep. something I didn't like. So when the Force Awakens arrived and was absolutely back to the flavor I had yeah. been craving, yes, it felt just like. We're not dead yet. This is no. amazing, you know. I remember leaving the theater mm. uh, after seeing it uh, for the first time mm. and thinking, they fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's, okay, in the first scene, when you see Paul Dameron uh, getting this uh, piece of the map from um, Lorsan Tekka, this, this actor's name, he's Swedish. What's the correct pronunciation? Max von... Sydov. No. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's how you pronounce the name. Because in English, people will say like Sydow or whatever, yeah. you know. Sydov. <laughs> yeah, and that's with a Bohuslan accent. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Wow, I've been wondering about this for years. <laughs> I'm in Sweden. <laughs> it's taken me this long to just ask someone. <laughs> oh. Okay, and there's a line there where um, Law Santeca hands him the the uh, this piece of the map in the little baggy bag thing, and, and he says to Poe, "This will begin to make things right." And I, like many, 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 many other people, were like, "Is that <laughs> is that a bit of a go at the prequels?" <laughs> Because it really feels like that's a comment, you know, yeah. an out of feel, out of universe comment is happening there. Um, but uh, yeah, that was absolutely my my response. I mean, it was. I think you know my, the biggest kind of like, surprise, happy surprise to me coming out of the theater was. Like I've loved Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, and stuff for decades at this point, mm. and I came out of that film loving ray finn yeah. and kylo yep. like as much i was so into yeah. those characters i still am i love those those characters you know what do you remember how you felt in the scene with uh, kylo and han on that walkway did you could you feel which way it was going or were you like did, did you did, as you were watching it can you remember if you could pick was was kylo gonna come back or was he gonna um no, I did not anticipate mm. where that was going. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. Mm. They got me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was crafted to perfection because yeah. I just remember sitting in the cinema going, "Oh, this is so nice. He's gonna, he's, Kylo's gonna come back to the good guys. Oh, that's so cool. And that's like a unique thing. You know, we haven't seen that happen in Star Wars really. And exactly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No." Oh, that looks a bit dangerous. No, no, it's okay. I think, I think Hans, Hans winning him over there. Oh no, this looks a bit. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was done so well, and that moment where the, like the light from that from that sun finally disappears, and his face then is completely just red and black. Yeah. Like, mm. No, but I, I was I was fascinated by. Mm. Um, 
by his uh, inner conflict. Yeah. Um, this we I think we we see a lot of people on the good side being being tempted by mm. the the short the short sighted rewards mm-hmm, of the dark mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but not the other way around. Mm. But but being there and and yep. questioning yourself, like, yep. is this really mm. the, the right thing? Uh, so so I was I was more there mm. uh, during that scene, and yep. then suddenly what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a little bit could be considered a bit of a easy or cheap thing to go like oh okay you know that thing that everyone likes we just reverse it and then it's like kind of fresh but still the same and so i you could paint it in that light but i just thought it was so effective and adam driver being the actor he is doesn't hurt he is so so good um no i i think it's brilliant yeah i i every time i come out like there's maybe two small things that i don't super love like, I feel like R2 being asleep felt a bit just convenient. Yeah. <laughs> He's a droid. Yeah. Why is he asleep? Um, I felt a little bit like... Um, I think I remember, I mean, even from the first time I saw it, I was like, a map to Luke Skywalker. It's a map to where you think he might be. He could be anywhere. He's got a starship with hyperdrive. Like, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think you you can accept that. Um, what else? I guess a little bit like um, some people are a bit like they feel a bit like because in the prequels there was so much detail about the political side of stuff. Mm. Almost nobody liked it. So in this one, it was almost unclear. Yeah. Who? Who? Are they, what's going on? Exactly. Like, and um, then when you read the book, or there's a couple of books that are around that time frame, it becomes very clear what's going on. Um, But I think they could have thrown in a just a line or two to kind of set up, um, because I think it's a bit confusing to go like, but there's okay, there's the New Republic, but is Leia not part of that? Why is because she talks about the Resistance having to talk to the Republic and why is so if you read the books, then you get the answer to all of that, you know. Oh, yeah. But there's, it's a bit confusing if you're just wa- watching the film, which was the case at the time, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, every time I like, every time I come out of that movie, just like punching the air, like I love this. Yeah. It's so cool. Mm. All right, Rogue One. When that came out, what was your reaction to that? Oh, I I really like Rogue One as mm. well. Um, I think it's nice. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very keen on looking for plot holes. Uh, right. Some uh, people are just. Yeah. That, uh, I. I don't really care. Mm. But. But since. Since there has been so much critique about how easy it was to mm. blow up the Death, Do- Death Star, mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing my best swinglish here, <laughs> the Death Star deafens you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think it was that was I think it was a good backstory. Right? Very well like it it really it's like it's one of those things that I was very willing to not think about. Yeah. I mean I mean anyone who's bought anything knows that like stuff that you buy often has something a bit wrong with it. Yeah. So if there was an exhaust port that blah blah blah, you know. Um yeah, why not? You know, but if they're going to explain it in a really good way like that, even better. Yeah. Mm. Um no, I like it. And I we were talking about mm. uh, droids earlier and mm. and, uh, and the the droids in uh, Rogue One and in Solo. Mm. I love them. Yeah. Holy moly. What a hit he was, K2SO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So, um, I don't know uh, how much you're like up on, you know, the announcements of the last few months or whatever, but um, the Andor show is, cl- I guess they're close to finishing their filming at this point or okay. um so it's going to be basically yeah him as a rebel spy you know leading up to that period of time we see him in in rogue one mm. um it is gonna because some of some of these uh disney plus shows coming out are like what do they, they call them special event shows or whatever it's just okay. a one-off okay there's no season two or whatever it's yeah. a it's a but this one, Andor, is going to have multiple seasons. Okay. And they have announced that K2SO is not in the first season. Which was a surprise. Yeah. Because he's a he's an audience favorite. Yeah. He and Cassian together are so such a good team. And also, Adam Tudyk, who, you know, plays that droid, was part of the early promotion for the show. He was going around with Diego Luna um, talking about it. Now, I don't think like, oh no, what a disaster or something. I, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But it just makes me think, I mean, he's a reprogrammed Imperial droid, right? So maybe it's, you got kind of get, maybe this you get a moment in the last episode of the season or something when mm. uh, he turns up and it's a bit of a yay moment <laughs> to finish off the season. Or, yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, he was great, and yeah, L three from Solo was killer as well for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've said it before, but uh, the characters of Rogue One, I didn't, I felt a bit cold about them just because I loved Ray and Finn and stuff so much. I thought they were like so instant hits, you know. And yeah, the characters of Rogue One were a bit more. Yeah, it's a bit flatter. Mm. I would say a bit more like chess pieces that they're just moving around to mm. have the plot basically um but it's funny as i've watched the film again and again and again you just start to not, like feel like you know them i guess a bit more just from that more exposure to it even though you're not learning anything new about those characters um by watching the film again and again but i'm yeah i've and I, yeah you put so much pressure on everything when it first comes out because that's your yeah this is it <laughs> this is what star wars is now you know, and now I, I can. But uh, yeah, I've I've gone from liking Rogue One to loving it, mm. so that's good. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's it's tough to follow 
like The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, especially since the well, since the pre pre prequels <laughs> and mm. when they repaired uh, stuff, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think everyone was like, "Don't take this away from us now." Mm. Um, yep. Sure. Uh, but I think like the the overall atmosphere. Ah, it's, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Visually, it's one of the best of all the Star Wars films. Yeah. Like, and the, if you look at the art of book, it's just killer, killer piece after killer piece, man. It's so good. Okay, so uh, we mentioned L3. Um, Solo, I saw it the first time, went, yep, not life-changing, but cool. I liked it. And then as I watched it again and again, I just fell in love with that film. So how was Solo for you? Well, I, I like it as well. Mm. I, I, I love everything that mm -hmm. has come since right. The Force Awakens. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I really like uh, Solo. Um, and there are some great characters. Oh yeah, um, like Rio. Fantastic. Ah, I'm I'm so sad. Yeah, <laughs> bring him back. Yeah, what a great character he is. He is. Man, that that one line, like. So yeah, I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts. And there's at least two where the, both hosts on those shows, so four podcast Star Wars podcast hosting in total, can't stand that movie. Hate it. And I'm just like, maybe you don't actually like Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> How can you not? Like, uh, it doesn't have the Force stuff. It doesn't have the Galactic Conflict stuff so much, you no. know? But all the rest of it is like, just distilled Star Wars essence. Yeah. If you don't like this, like, what? what huh? Like, I don't, I don't get it. That, like, even, okay, that one line from Rio, where, you know, like, they're about to take off and Han and Chewie are, like, waving at them, like, hey! <laughs> and, uh, you know, Val's trying to say, like, no, we are not p picking these two idiots up. And uh, Rio says, like, I don't know. Uh, you'll never have a better night's sleep than uh, uh, in the lap of a Wookiee or whatever. And I was just like, that is hilarious. Come on. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah. I, I have a question for you um, regarding linguistics. Sure. Uh, because I suspect that you have uh, heard some theories about this. Okay. I, I I think that you and your you and your people <laughs> yeah. tend to have a lot of theories about this kind of stuff. Mm. It's about Chewbacca's name. Ah. Because um Han asks him, mm. what's your name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chewbacca. Uh. I mean, how does he make that translation? I mean, languages don't work like that. No. They if, don't. if if he translated it like to something in English, like that sound means this, like okay, your name means warrior or dances with wolves, or dances with minox. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 he just translates it to another set of random noises. <laughs> well, Martin, I gotta give you a bit of a gold star on this because. 
despite the hours upon hours of ridiculous discussion I see over the tiniest details, <laughs> I've not heard anyone bring up that point before. Really? Yep. No, I, I haven't. It is a good question, right? They a lot of people have a lot to say about like, because Han can speak a bit of Shriwook, as it's called. That's the Wookiee language. Okay. So you see in that scene where they meet in the pit um, that he can speak. Some, yeah. And there, there is somebody like, oh, how could he speak uh, Shriwook? And I'm just like, I don't know. A lot of people can speak a lot of languages. Um, I met a Chinese guy here who could speak Japanese who had never been to Japan. Like, some people can do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that weird. Uh, also, it's hilarious. Rule of cool. Just accept it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've never heard anyone mention that moment. But it, you're absolutely right. He doesn't even go like, or something like, no. oh, <laughs> Chewbacca. It's like totally unrelated. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I like it. No, I don't have an answer. That's just uh, what it was, I think. Mm. Yeah, I just... Oh. I get so sad when I think, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with all this, but Solo, uh, they had uh, two directors who got 75% of the way through filming it and they got fired. Okay. Um, uh, it's, what are their names? The guys who did the, um, The 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. Did you ever see those comedies? I saw the first one, I think. Yeah. So they directed that. And they are the producers behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That okay. animated yep. film. So they're, they're talented guys. You know, they're, they're good at what they do. Um, but something wasn't working for the people in charge at Lucasfilm. And they actually got removed from the project and replaced by Ron, by veteran and old 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 time George Lucas mate, excuse me, Ron Howard, who then yeah had to reshoot about three quarters of the film. Okay, which means the budget ended up being almost double <laughs> what it should have been, and then it was not successful, so they lost quite a lot of money on that film. Really? Which uh, it makes me sad because A, that movie rules and like should have been like I actually now I think they're they're pretty close, but I I I loved Solo much more than I, I liked Rogue One actually and you know, Rogue One did over a billion dollars and was mm. and people love it and na na and then Solo did about thirty percent of that. Um and there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not not going to go into it because every podcast in the world has talked about it to death. But um, it just bothers me that so you know, like because Disney Plus, you know, launched whatever, however long ago, and a lot of people, are, you see them like finally giving that movie a chance. For example, mm. they just never saw it. So <laughs> if you're on in Facebook groups, there's just like a certain number of posts that you see about three times a week for each of them okay <laughs> and i just wish they would scroll down and read every every other post exactly the same but one of the classics is you know solo is actually not that bad it's pretty good and i'm like <laughs> <sighs> it's 
fucking rules, man. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so it just... And I just think, like, the, the setup for what was supposed to come next was really nicely done, and you were going to see Han heading to Tatooine and stuff. And I just think, like, recasting Han Solo... Impossible task, basically. Yep. You've literally you're replacing the biggest movie star on the planet. But they did it. Yep. He's not he's not Harrison Ford wonderful, perhaps, but he's great. And like I totally accept him as that character. You you you, you had such a small chance of pulling that off and you did yep. it. Yeah. Keep going. Just push it. Don't worry about the everyone else, you know. <laughs> So I just, I really want to, like, they're probably not going to do a Solo 2 film, but I just hope he turns up in the TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a lot of those coming up. Hell yeah. Yeah. They're really going for it. Great. Too much Star Wars is barely enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, so let's do these two f films together then. The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Dude, I've heard, oh my God. Yeah. It's, heard so much discussion about those two films but what were your what was your journey with those two well like i said i love everything mm. since yep. the force awakens uh, and and i know there is a lot of controversy about luke's development mm, yeah, yeah. but that. i'm not in the same way that mm. I'm not that interested in looking for plot holes. Mm. I don't really complicate things when mm. I like something. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and I think it, it looks great and it feels great. Mm. And I love the characters. Um, and I just like it. Mm. And... I mean, that scene outside the cave... With like the salt, uh, the salt plane, yeah. um, with those rickety speeders plowing up the so red trails. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got me there. Yeah, I love it. Yep, and those big, badass walkers. Mm -hmm. uh, no, is... I, I, I have no complaints. It's so weird to me that like. There are aspects there are aspects of the film that it doesn't confuse me that some people don't like them okay but the, that level of just like oh it's like terrible it's the worst movie ever i'm just like <laughs> you're just by saying that it just tells me i don't need to listen to anything you have to say yep. because it's clearly wonderful in so many ways yeah like if you, maybe you don't like this scene Maybe you don't like what they do with this character, but to look at that scene on crate that you talked about and go like, "Oh, this sucks," <laughs> dude. No, that opening, the opening with Poe Dameron <laughs> attacking the biggest ship <laughs> in the galaxy <laughs> with a single X-wing. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. I, yep. It's so good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I. I mean, that's. I would say the last year is like my least favorite of the new films, but uh, there's there's so many absolute saga highlight scenes that yeah. it's um it's still like 
in my heart, to be honest. I like it a lot. And also that we spoke about that um, that sense of humor mm. that isn't in the prequels. Oh yeah, like when uh, when Poe gets yelled at for just uh, mm. getting in an X-wing and blowing things mm. up. And then when he asks permission to jump in an X-wing and blow things up, permission granted. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I know. I, it blows me away. Like, because I, you know, I'm because I'm in involved with fan community discussion all the time. You see, sometimes you see people like Star Wars is not a comedy, and I'm just like, go back and watch Star Wars again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> comedy is a key ingredient um and it just blows me away i like when i think of the prequels i actually did this where i was like i'm gonna try to think of like one funny joke from the prequels there's one moment in episode three when so they've like crashed you know like uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are going after the Chancellor and they've crashed their uh, their fighters into the hangar and they're heading up in the lift or whatever to rescue the Chancellor and Artu's left by the ships and these the, uh, stupid, super ugly, super battle droids come and there's uh, some slapstick part where they're slipping on oil and blah 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 which is, to me, not great but there is a moment where like Artu has the communicator and his little pincer and... I think Obi-Wan is calling him and talking to him, but it's like making a lot of noise and causing the droids to come and look for him. And he like opens his little compartment and puts the <laughs> and puts the communicator inside and you're he still hear Obi-Wan going, Oh two, <laughs> just like and I was like There's one. Yeah. It's one joke I like in the whole three films pretty yeah. much. Like I just think like what passed for jokes in like in episode one, you were right about one thing, Master. The negotiations were short. I think that was a, a joke. I think it was. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I've said this before as well, but putting all your eggs in one basket and just going, Jar Jar's going to be the funny one. Yeah. He's got, that's where the comedy is. And then have that character not work. And then you're like, ah, oh, whoops. Yeah. Oh. I just remember, I think like the the new films are just peppered with hilarious jokes. Yeah. There's so many yeah, I love that aspect of it. All right, and then the rise of Skywalker. It's so yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, to how many, how so many different people have so many different feelings about different Star Wars movies. Anyway, the rise of Skywalker. How was your experience with that one? I really like Ray. Yeah. And and. I mean, her development mm. and just finding out who she is. Mm -hmm. uh, that storyline alone, mm -hmm. that's good enough for me. Yeah. I, I, I think it's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I, for me too, I just, like I said it before, I've loved Star Wars for decades. And Rey is, like, I love her as much as I love luke freaking skywalker yeah. my favorite character of all time i just think she's so likable and relatable and uh just cool um yeah 
Me too. I just um, so part of one of the things I do on the podcast is I rewatch the films like kind of scene by scene and talk about the scene and blah blah blah. And the first mm-hmm. one I did was The Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah. And of course, there's a few scenes I'm not super into, but I was just shocked by how much ex- enthusiasm I like could muster for like every scene almost. You know, I just think this is the thing. Like, I think for some people. You said that you're not the type to like pick pick at plot holes and whatever. I think for some people that the plot is super important to them, mm. and to have all those fit pieces fit together not really correctly is the thing they need to have ha- work the most. Yeah, but it's it's on my list, of course, but it's not at the top at all. For me, if the characters are fun or relatable or you feel sympathy for them and it looks good and it's exciting and funny that's all way more important to me yeah. so the yeah, kind of talking about like well, where did how did palpatine like manage to build all those ships and just like <laughs> did you see when they came out the fucking surface of the fucking planet it was like <laughs> it was amazing just it's cool. Rule of cool, you know. Um, now, there's a limit to the rule of cool, obviously, but I just... Yeah, yeah. that scene. That whole opening? Yeah. Oh, like, props to the sound department because Palpatine's voice... Yeah. I just love where he, it's You've got all this, like, the lightning flashes and stuff, and Kylo says, like, what could you give me? And then the sound cuts out for a second. Everything... <laughs> I'm just like, fuck off, man! Come on, there's that's that's amazing. How can you not like at least walk out going like, well, we got that, you know? Yeah, ah, I, it's unfortunate that Star Wars discussion has become this kind of thing of like you always have to like kind of mention the the, the dissenting opinions and like oh, people don't like this, and I feel like you're I'm always having to defend what i like in a way because i love i've loved these new films yeah i just feel rejuvenated as a person not just as a star wars fan (laughs) um i'm so excited about it all you know and that's i think that's funny in general that Mm. if you like something Mm. then it's like you're obligated to defend why you like it oh yeah but never if you dislike it Mm-hmm. You never have to explain. You you never owe mm. anyone an explanation for yep. not liking something. Yep. But but if you say no, this is fine, mm. then you better have a damn good reason <laughs> for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have kind of not like not noticed, but so in uh, in the Empire Strikes Back, um, Luke asks Yoda, "Is the dark side stronger?" And Yoda says, no, like faster, um, what does he say? Faster, more seductive, you know. And in a way, that's how negativity is in, a, in the real world. Hmm? Like, think about the schoolyard, right? You've got kids, right? And as soon as you say, I like something, you're actually in a vulnerable position. Yeah. But if you say, that sucks you're protected. Yep. 
so in a way that that side of things is it is easier to be like i'm cool yeah yeah that sucks whatever and to say something you like something you're vulnerable because then someone can come and say like yeah but this sucks and nah, nah, nah. um so it's i feel a little bit like that <laughs> childhood level of like if i just say everything sucks, then no one can hurt my feelings by saying what I like sucks. Exactly. <laughs> it just feels like that's the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm, yeah. So, I actually have a question for you. Yeah. So, uh, for people who don't know, Martin is a psychologist. Yep. So, um, after the release of the first Star Wars film and as The Empire Strikes Back was coming together and they settled on the idea that Darth Vader was in fact going to be Luke's father, uh, George Lucas approached psychologists, especially um, ones that specialized in child psychology, to ask them what kind of effect that revelation would have on kids when they saw the film. Because oh. George always has his eye on uh, like Star Wars was always for children mm. and um, he always had them kind of like that was his the foremost in his mind he wanted to make something for them and um, he didn't want to do anything that could have negative uh, repercussions really um, mm. so he actually did go to psychologists and ask ask them like what do you think how are kids going to react is it going to be a bit much or blah blah mm. blah so I wanted to ask you if you had been there back in 1978-79 and George was uh, asking you about it what would your response have been do you think um, well I would say that um, of course there are things that children shouldn't be exposed to mm. um, absolutely but um, you can never take one scene like that mm. and say that this is going to affect kids in this way mm-hmm. because um, some children of course would think that that scene is horrible mm. and have nightmares and mm. stuff. Uh, but a lot of kids would recognize that this is a fairy tale. Mm. This isn't real. Mm. Uh, and and even the kids who would get afraid and have nightmares. Mm. They have parents uh, mm. who can talk to them mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, I understand that this, mm. that this upsets you." Yep. I thought it was scary as well. Mm. Uh, but it's just a film. Mm-hmm. This isn't real. Mm. And uh, and I am your father, and I'm not gonna do like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, you can help kids. To, to process mm-hmm. even even horrible things. Yep. Um, so I think I would tell George Lucas that 
that's a lovely thought mm. um, to actually mm. reflect on. Yep. Uh, how is this? What what effect will this have on my audience? Mm. But it's not his responsibility. Mm. It's the parents' responsibility, mm -hmm. cool. and all children are gonna react differently, mm. depending on previous experience, mm -hmm. um, temperament, personality, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, what kind of support they have yep. around them. Mm. So, I would tell him to not worry too much about it. <laughs> Got it. Nice. So, uh, one common reaction, apparently at the time, that surprised me a bit was kids thought, Ah, he must be lying. It never oh. occurred to me for a second that he would be lying about that. No. <laughs> yeah, so that's but uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because that, I mean, it complicates things mm. in in a child in a child's head, mm -hmm. uh, because I mean that's one of the things that that makes us want to watch this kind of story mm -hmm. uh, that in a way it's it's easy mm. the good ones are good and the bad ones are yeah, bad yeah. yeah and then of course kylo ren comes along and complicates stuff uh, mm. but but i mean um well even when there are nuances to it uh, it's an easy reality mm. there is good and it's and and there is bad mm. and and we we want the good guys to win. Mm. So when the good guy turns out to have an evil father, that complicates things. Mm. And an easy way mm. to to deal with that is, of course, he's lying. Because if right. that if that if that's not true, mm. right, this reality is still comprehensible yeah exactly and i think that it's possible that they even told him that that if they can handle it mm. they will handle it but if they can't they will probably do go mm. like that can't be right or something yeah. you know so yeah okay that's nice so you mentioned uh, the flood of um TV projects that are coming. Are there yeah. any in particular that you're interested in or looking forward to? Oh, actually, I haven't really uh, looked it up that mm. uh, meticulously. Yep. Um, but um, I know there are a lot of things um, that I definitely want to see. But I, I suppose I will just take a look at all of it. Oh, yes. Yes, it's a it's a very popular question online. What show are you most looking forward to? I'm like, to be honest, there's not one of like the serious ones. There's a couple of like more lighthearted ones probably that are yep. like a bit more like for younger children that I'm just like, yeah, that's obviously not the most exciting thing in the world. But if there's not another, not, not nothing in what they announce that I just go like, mm, to like I I'm like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into all of that actually. Yeah, uh, um, I uh, I remember when season two of The Mandalorian finished. Just how like, I just felt like, how can I live without Star Wars every Friday now? Yeah, 
Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I have to watch Marvel shows. Oh, okay, that'll do, I guess, you know. But um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the the idea is probably that um, the once the machine is rolling properly, that you will be having pretty much new Star Wars every week. You might have a few weeks off here mm. and there, but that generally that's the plan. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Um, I can relate to that. Um, wanting to have that continuity mm. and, and just having something new to look forward to. Yeah. And like we said earlier, something new, Star Wars. Mm. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be like... It doesn't have to be new blockbuster movies, but just a little peek into this mm. universe. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, really exciting. Mm. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, Martin. Well, thanks for having me. Good fun. Definitely. All right. Uh, I've had a great time. Good. Well, maybe it's time to go out into, out into the sun. I think so. All right. Thank you, Martin. That was good fun. Really nice to have someone uh, to talk talk to again. Much as I love talking to myself. Uh, yeah, good times. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back soon. I hope... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm hoping that uh, we start to see a bit of a drip of, like, information or something. Or... Photos or whatever from uh, Andor or the Kenobi series or Book of Boba Fett or it would be nice to start seeing some of that. But um, I've always got a ton of stuff to talk about, so no hurry. All right, thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. This is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. Yeah.